0: Welcome to Malpractice Podcast.
1: So, are you ready to get started? I'm so ready to get started. I'm Sydney. And I'm Jess, and I was about to remind us to say our names. Yep,
0: (laughs) and this is Malpractice Podcast. (laughs) And hi. And we're professionals. Yeah, super
1: (laughs) profess, you're welcome.
0: Speaking of professionals, I want to kick this off with a conversation about the Dallas Zoo. Y'all. If you're not from Texas, maybe you haven't (laughs) seen the coverage.
1: What you should do, everyone, right now on your phone is follow the Dallas Zoo on Instagram. Right. And you will see... Or Twitter. Their Twitter is wild. There is some situations going down. Yeah.
0: If you're driving, don't do that. But if you're not driving, go check out...
1: It's crazy.
0: Okay, so... Not that long ago, maybe a week or two ago, they had a clouded leopard that was out of its enclosure and wandering around metropolitan Dallas.
1: It got out because somebody let it out.
0: And we live in Texas. There's a lot of stuff that you just have to, that comes along with the territory of living in Texas. Right. Leopards wandering the streets, not one of those things. We
1: we have enough. Mm -hmm. We don't need... More mm-hmm. things. We have wild coyotes. Sure. We have, you know. But not leopards. Not leopards. <laughs> not
0: typically. And then a vulture mysteriously died in its enclosure, like a rare vulture in the zoo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now two tiny monkeys be- Bearded tamarind monkeys are missing from the so zoo. Cute. They're super cute. They look like little grumpy old men. And they've been stolen. And someone stole these monkeys from the zoo.
1: So that's that's what we're dealing with right now, everyone.
0: Correct. We're we're not in Dallas, but I feel like the fact that it's happening in Texas, you have to Yeah. whatever.
1: On top of it being our our On year for a legislative session. Mm -hmm. We also have this mess. It's
0: (laughs) a lot. It's just a lot. It's a lot. And leave the monkeys be. And we're in the middle of second winter. It is second
1: winter. Out of nowhere. And my heat went out. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It is 53 degrees in my house.
0: (gasps) Is it actually? Yeah. In your house inside right now.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you have somebody coming to fix it? So we had somebody come out. So we have tiny, literally the size of my face, room heaters, and we just move them to the room that we're in. Like space heaters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is terrible. I'm so sorry. It really, really sucks. it's very, very cold. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. 100%. Yep.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I have a quick correction from last week. I listened to part of our episode, Mm -hmm. and the way that you say that condition that we covered Last week, oh,
1: facial blindness is
0: prosopagnosia, and I multiple times said progo pagnosia. Got it with a double G. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, r.i.p. my dignity i'm very and that's why you don't say words. <laughs> <first.
1: laughs>
0: i thought and at one point you were like oh i can't say that so i'm just gonna say facial blindness and i was like nah, that's okay not everyone can pronounce this like a fucking asshole <laughs>
1: <laughs> down on me to be like i don't know how to say that word
0: well alas i thought i could and i also can't so quick correction well, there you know
1: what if we're nothing
0: else... No one corrected me, but I heard it, and I got mad but at myself. if we're nothing else,
1: we'll own. We'll own a mistake here.
0: Own a quick mistake. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that's okay. We're perfectionists, but also...
1: But we're honest.
0: Acknowledge that we're human. That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah.
0: And that's what matters. And
1: that's okay. And you know what, Sydney?
0: Hats off to you. <laughs> I'm guessing that, like, most people would... Probably not notice or care, but I did, and I feel like it. And do, mm-hmm. yeah, I did. And do mm-hmm. care. My name. Is I did. And do. That's me. <laughs> That's my middle name. Did and do care.
1: <laughs> I like your shirt. Yes.
0: Oh, thank you. It's a flannel. I know. I love a winter flannel. It's the the
1: wardrobe of my people.
0: <laughs> the lesbians. <laughs>
1: yes. That's correct.
0: <laughs> okay. What I did this weekend was mostly I worked around the house. I got my closet finally fully organized. Y'all, Sydney's closet is beautiful. It's incredible now. While I was doing that, I was listening to this audiobook, and I want to plug this book because it was excellent, and I've already sent copies of it to, like, four people. It's called We Are All the Same in the Dark, and it's by uh, Julia Haberlin and okay it's a very good book it's like a murder mystery in a small town ooh we love a crime um it we love a crime and also it's got some really interesting backstory about the use of like prosthetic limbs and prosthetic eyeballs okay and it was one of the doctors in the show is based off of a guy in Dallas that I want to reach out to that people call the Picasso of prosthetic eyes like he makes these hand-painted prosthetic eyeballs that are identical to your real eyeball.
1: That's cool.
0: Reframing the thoughts around disability. And mm-hmm. it was it was just a really great book. And I think everyone should read I'm gonna it. I'm going to read it. If it. you like murder shit, then you do. <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> and I think everybody listening to this podcast probably does a
1: little bit. Because why are you here? <laughs> At least a fourth of the time you do. Because that's kind of a fourth of our yeah, vibe. That's correct. Well, great wreck. And um, on that murder shit vibe, we have a Crimington episode today. Yes,
0: we do. Today we are going to be discussing the notorious San Francisco area murderer, Dr. J. Milton Bowers, and the death of his unfortunate phosphorescent bride, Cecilia. What does the J in J. Milton Bower stand for, you might ask? And who knows? (laughs) But I like to think, personally, that it stands for... Jay, for just a real asshole. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That's what it is.
0: I looked it up. I think everyone will come around to that idea as we skid along.
1: That's 100%. As I was doing mm-hmm. research, and thank you, Sydney, for the topic recommendation, because I, mm-hmm. this person's not been on my list, but I was like, this guy sucks so hard oh he's the worst yeah he
0: sucks he's a medical murderer in the context that he was a doctor who murdered he didn't murder his patients which is where it's a little different than some of the other stories we've covered right but still sucks majorly still
1: sucks and still a doctor and still a doctor so so we can cover him
0: (laughs) right (laughs) it counts thanks (laughs) milty yeah we are going to call him milty throughout because i think it's funny yeah, I do, too. Yeah, I like it. Also, who gives a fuck about what the J stands
1: for? It's been lost to time. Yeah, probably John. Or Jeff. Yeah, probably. One of those. <laughs> probably not Jeff. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably not Jeff. So our
0: story starts in the fall of 1885, looking in the, on the life of Cecilia Bowers, who is the 29-year-old wife of a local doctor Forty five year old Jay Milton Bowers. Red
1: flag. Wait,
0: the That's age a gap? Big age difference. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean it's it's pretty big, but I feel like ooh, sixteen years is a lot. Okay. It's big. I mean, no judgment, you, do you, you just
1: wanted it to be smaller and then you realized how much I big wanted it, it to be
0: smaller because I was like, well hers rounds up to thirty, his rounds down to forty, and then I was like, let's not round. It's sixteen years. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so young Cecilia is has started feeling unwell. She's having terrible stomach pain. Her body is swelling in some really strange ways, and she's experiencing unexplained convulsions that keep getting worse as the weeks go by. Now, because her husband, Milty, is a doctor, he starts treating her for her sudden illness at home, which, if you're married to a doctor, I, that makes sense, baby. That's a good. Yeah. yeah. You would do that. Sure. Yeah. As her daughter's condition gets worse, Cecilia's mom, who we're going to call Mrs. Ben Hayon, that's Cecilia's maiden name, who had been against the marriage from the start, was not a fan of Milty's. She shows up to take care of her daughter.
1: Makes sense. Same. I'm not a fan either. Right, call. Mrs. B. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: She immediately demands that her daughter start getting care from someone who isn't Milty. Which. Right. Fair.
1: It's the right idea.
0: Especially Mm -hmm. if you don't like the guy from the beginning and then you get there and she's really ill and he's like, I have to be the one to treat her. She's like, no, no, no. We'll take it from here.
1: Yeah. Especially if she's super ill and he's like, I've been treating her. I'd be like, well, she's still ill. Well, you haven't (laughs) done anything. Like you've not been doing a great job. You haven't been (laughs) successful. So maybe we get a second opinion. So I don't like you. And now you suck at your job at home? Yeah. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> also, convulsions, like swelling. Maybe this isn't your area of expertise. Mm-mm. Okay. So, a little more background on the relationship between Cecilia and her family. Cecilia's mom, Mrs. B, and the rest of her family had actually been so against her marriage to Milty that when they got married, it caused a really tense estrangement in the family. That continued until just right before Cecilia's untimely death when she started to become ill. And part of the reason that Mrs. B. wasn't a huge fan of Milty's is the fact that he married Cecilia less than six months after his second wife died. Right. So Cecilia is his third wife. His second wife died. And then he like. Immediately started dating (laughs) Cecilia.
1: There's not a good track record for this Mm -hmm. guy to be uh, with wives. For sure. And he
0: has a reputation for being super kind and attentive to his wives in public and then being a huge dick to them in private. People claimed that he was, quote, brutal at home. Mm -hmm. So, like, not who you want your daughter to marry, for sure.
1: Not who you want anyone to marry, truly
0: right but especially your your daughter your only daughter oh yeah you'd be like Mm -mm. yeah absolutely not Mm
1: -mm.
0: cecilia's mom had quite literally forbade them from getting married that's the right call for sure (laughs) but that meant that she and cecilia hadn't seen each other for a while cecilia's like you can't tell me what to do mom and cecilia's mom is like this guy's a dick don't marry him
1: yeah don't marry him Mm -hmm.
0: but when her daughter gets sick mrs b shows up to be at her side which is like quality mom material it's what you would want right facts facts cecilia i think part of the reason that she was okay marrying milty is because she was 29 she had been married once before to a man named sylvian levi cecilia and sylvian sylvian is kind of a cool name not gonna lie
1: that is a that is a combo it's a lot of Sounds.
0: plosives mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh so cecilia and her husband first husband had a daughter named tilly which i would like to add to the list of old school names that i love mm-hmm. tilly is super cute before they were divorced they had this daughter together and that left cecilia as a single mom with what people said was like an un a quote unquote unenviable reputation
1: yeah it's old school time.
0: It's 1885. It's a hard time to be a divorcee, specifically if you're a woman. And people thought basically she was like damaged goods because her first husband was the one to ask her
1: for the divorce. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know if women could ask for divorces at this time.
0: I don't think they could.
1: So it had to be him.
0: Yeah, I couldn't find in any of the sources like why he
1: asked for a divorce. Probably just trash. She doesn't have good taste.
0: <laughs> she clearly does not <laughs> have a good judge of character. Cecilia. Yeah. Get it together. Mm. So she's left with like a terrible reputation. Milty comes along. She's like, Hell yes, please get me out of here.
1: Sounds good. I will get you out of here. Out of the frying pan into the fire situation.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> That's <a> great point.
1: <laughs> if Cecilia had known that both of Milty's previous wives had died under somewhat, a.k.a. very seriously suspicious circumstances, maybe she would have insisted on getting a second opinion earlier in her treatment or maybe... She might not have married him. I don't know. That's that's her business. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. Personally. But apparently she's like the only person who didn't think her husband was suspicious. Plus, I guess like if you marry someone who knows about your situation mm-hmm. and he does so out of the kindness of his heart, you probably feel a little indebted to him and you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, fair enough. That's a lot of doubt, my friend. That's a, that's a lot it, of doubt.
0: Two wives is a lot. Two wives is a lot. If one wife dies under suspicious circumstances, you're like, well, that's not ideal, but maybe you could let it slide. I personally wouldn't, but maybe you could. Maybe you could. Two? No, no.
1: Two? Mm, yeah. So, with all that background, we're in 1885, and Cecilia's mom has hired two different doctors to come and care for her daughter, whose condition has become so terrible that her face was swollen to the point that her own mother didn't recognize her. Yeah. Which, mayday, mayday, right? Oh, it's not good. Also... It's 1885. So, what are doctors really doing? Who knows? Cocaine. (laughs) Yeah. So, Mrs. B shows up. She's like, great job, Milty. I think we'll take it from here. I knew you were trash, you're trash. Correct. She hires these two non-Milty yeah. doctors for the second and third opinions because I think she was like on to Milty's game here. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, she's like, you've been caring for her and she looks like this, like you're bad at your job, like maybe people should be. And I
0: never liked you from
1: the beginning. Correct. I never liked you, don't trust you, and now look at her. Right. So the doctors caring for her in the home at 930 Market Street in San Francisco both attributed uh, Cecilia's illness to an abscessed liver, but her condition was getting rapidly worse by the day. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Milty is insisting to Cecilia's family that things are actually way better than they appear, and he's ha- planned a trip to the countryside to help her mend. Which bitch, <laughs> her face is so swollen it's unrecognizable. I don't think country air is like—it's not the cure, the medicine for here. sure. Yeah. Um, Try the fuck again. Swollen face doesn't indicate that things are going well. Swollen face, no. 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 No, no, no. Swollen anything is never like a yes. Mm -mm. Like, you don't like that. Mm -mm. It's not good. Mm -mm. No. No, it's not good. Also,
0: convulsions. Mm. One of the two doctors who came in was like, I don't know, it's weird. It seems like she's being poisoned. And then Milty was like, no, I don't think so. And he was like, oh, well, you're
1: probably right. See, men will stick by other men. They're both, <laughs> yeah, probably. You're probably he's right. Like,
0: he's like a tall, white doctor, and people are like, you just seem trustworthy. I don't know what it is about you, but I, I agree with you.
1: Listen, this is an alert we're putting out right now. Mm-hmm. If you think someone is being poisoned, and you're speaking with that person's spouse... Do not take their word for it that they are not being poisoned. (laughs) Nine times out of ten, that is the person poisoning them. They're the poisoner. Especially since
0: Milton told the other doctors that he was like, well, it's really hard to administer her medicine, so I have to be the one to do it because I don't trust you to. At what point does your brain not go like, hey, just a little red flag up in the air? Something is weird. Something's fishy, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Okay.
1: Dummies. So
0: the whole situation is not chill.
1: Okay. So near the end of her two-month long battle with this so-called liver problem, Cecilia's brother Henry came to visit his sister at like her bedside, she's dying. Mm-hmm. While he was talking to her, he allegedly noticed a strange whiteness around her mouth, and when Milty came to give Cecilia her da- daily medication, he heard his sister tell mm-hmm. her husband, "You are torturing me with medicine." Like, what would your reaction be if you were the brother? I would murder him. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would, do Straight to murder.
0: The brother is immediately like, fuck all this noise. I'm very uh, unwell with this situation. Mm -hmm. This is like a shocking accusation that Henry, the brother, overheard. And also, in addition to the fact, Cecilia's family had recently found out that Cecilia had become one of the city's most insured people. Because there were five different life insurance policies on her, and they added up to uh, seventeen thousand dollars then, or about half a million dollars in today's money. Can someone
1: please explain to me why anyone needs more than one life insurance policy? Five feels excessive. I uh, I authentically want to know if a listener knows why you would need multiple life insurance policies. I don't. You only get one car insurance. Mm hmm. House insurance. When
0: you're in the process, like things are not going well. It doesn't look like you're recovering nicely. I feel like taking out additional policies should that should immediately trigger a red flag. Where is the flag? Where's the oversight here?
1: I love oversight.
0: Correct. Same. Specifically, she's taking out these life insurance policies while on her deathbed. She's taking them out on herself, allegedly, with, you probably have already guessed this, her loving husband, Milty as the sole beneficiary.
1: And then you think, like, she wouldn't do that. She would make her daughter the beneficiary of at least one. (laughs) That's
0: correct. And when Cecilia's family goes on to try to add a policy that would make sure her daughter, Tilly, was taken care of... Miltie says no because, I don't know, he's evil or, yeah. like, what's the point of that? what Not only are you going to make a bunch of money off of her dying, but you can't even let her daughter have any of it?
1: Yeah, you're garbage. We we knew this.
0: We did know that. From the jump, we knew that Miltie was trash. Mm-hmm. One of these policies was to the tune of $5,000 from the American League of Honor, where a mysterious individual would show up to their offices on October 28th, 1885, to ask if he could see, like, a membership list of the beneficiaries of the people who had policies there. And he told the employees that he needed to see the list because essentially bullshit was afoot. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman who had a policy with them that was about to die. And so he wanted to make sure who the beneficiary was because he's like... Something's wrong. The circumstances are suspicious and something is wrong, so I need to figure out who's benefiting from this, right? Mm -hmm. And Milt, all the while, is like insisting that his wife is fine. She's recovering. Don't worry about the convulsions. That's normal. (laughs) Is what he's telling.
1: Don't worry about her swollen face. I actually can't find her because she looks so different. I don't know what she looks like anymore, but it should be fine. It's all super
0: chill. A few days later, on November 1st, Dr. Milty's third wife, Cecilia, passes away. Now, everyone who was present said that Milty did not appear suspicious on his wife's deathbed. Basically, he cried, he seemed upset. Like, why are we celebrating him for showing basic human decency and being sad that his wife died you should be
1: sad i just think like what it, what would it take to appear suspicious what about all the times that he said she was fine and now she's <laughs> <Right>. dead <laughs> like four
0: minutes ago you said you were taking her to the country for some like fresh air or whatever yeah
1: <laughs> like that's suspicious bravo you
0: bastard like you've cried on your wife's deathbed congratulations yeah anyway i know that everybody like grieves differently and it's eighteen eighty five, so shedding like a single tear is probably sufficient.
1: But it's not, not for Milty. We're everything about this is already sus, so we're
0: onto your bullshit, Milty. Yeah.
1: The morning after Cecilia's death, the San Francisco County coroner, Doctor C. C. O'Donnell, got an unsigned anonymous letter from some man that no one knew that basically said, You should do an autopsy because her death may not have been of natural causes and should be looked into i.e. do your job make a list and check it twice bitch yeah
0: get your santa claus on
1: <laughs> get your santa claus on do it do an
0: autopsy do your job do
1: the job the bare minimum really literally just find out why she died and don't take these dumb doctors opinions yeah cut her open also if i die suspiciously cut me open and find out why are you joking? I would immediately call for an autopsy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I got you. I would too. Are you joking? I would do it my fucking self. Ain't nobody getting away with shit. I would be right by the uh, the little doctor's side. Like, what are you seeing? Same. What do we see here? Why don't you walk me through what we're seeing? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell me what you think you're seeing? Is this normal? Is Eric a suspect? <laughs> she, she should be. Yeah. A hundred percent. You're joking? This spouse always did it. Period. Nine times out of ten. It's true. Nine times out of ten. Okay, keep going. So the letter also claimed that the illness, the liver illness, was not what it seemed, right? The supposed illness that no proof has been had of this yet. And, like, nobody believes. The coroner said, what the fuck, and ordered a coroner's inquest. And Milty was like, no objection for me, sounds good. Like a sociopath. (laughs) When they searched the couple's home, nothing was strange or seemed to indicate foul play. Milty was sitting next to his wife's dead body, which is creepy, but fine Mm -hmm. when the coroner tells him they that they received this letter milty said okay sounds good but the funeral is tomorrow and i'm not going to allow your investigation to interfere with the services and um old cc the coroner is like um what the fuck you have to do this right (laughs) like it's not a
0: suggestion friend
1: yeah which is probably why he was like i don't care if you have a coroner's inquest because i'm going to bury her tomorrow and the coroner's like you're actually not you can't do that. So they're about to close the case because Milty buried his wife when a stranger, claiming to be an insurance investigator, asked the coroner to perform an autopsy so they could pay off the beneficiary. Um, like, pretty please do your fucking job. <laughs> right. Like, why am I the second person who has to tell you this? has to, to tell you? Right. <laughs> so eventually they do. Mm-hmm. The coroner and six other physicians performed an autopsy together like a team sport.
0: I don't know if that's normal. Is it normal to have, like, seven people there? I don't
1: think so. Okay, I didn't think so. I don't think so. That sounded odd to me. Maybe at that time... Right. Sounds odd as fuck, but maybe at that time, people didn't have a lot to do. There wasn't Netflix. What do you watch in your spare time? Uh, autopsies. Autopsies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So one odd fact here is that when they went to find Cecilia's body to do the autopsy, Milty had already buried her, which, like, obviously he's trying to hide something. You literally only bury things you want to hide. Treasure... Bones. Bodies. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Thank you. Right. When they exhumed her body and performed an autopsy on Cecilia, the report indicated that when her stomach was cut open, there was an overwhelming smell of phosphorus. Mm -hmm. In fact, she was poisoned with so much phosphorus that her stomach literally glowed in the dark.
0: And so what more do you need? Yeah. Caught you, bitch. That's a gotcha moment. Another super notable finding from the autopsy was that there were no abscesses on Cecilia's liver, which is what Milty and these other doctors had agreed to being her cause of death. Because there was nothing wrong with her liver. Her liver is fine. She's being poisoned. Okay. All the doctors present for the autopsy, they, like, do a team huddle, and they agree. Huddle up. There's only one possible conclusion. She died of phosphorus poisoning.
1: Yeah, case closed. Bing, bing bong. The
0: husband did it. For sure, like nine times out of ten. But I just want to take a quick peek into old Jay Milty's past before we jump to conclusions. I'm jumping. I've leapt. Yeah. Past tense, leapt. I don't actually think Already you need done. to jump
1: super far for this, <laughs> for this one. Mm-mm.
0: It's more of like a step, really. Yeah. It ain't great. It doesn't look good for him. Just slide to conclusions here. Take a casual step. Milty was born in Baltimore in 1843. At the age of 16, he left the country for Berlin, where he went to study medicine, although the article said not as a matriculated student, so he was, like, auditing
1: classes to be a doctor. Like, can you do that? Man, you could just do anything back in the day if you were a white man. You
0: literally could. They are like... Um, you could do anything. You just come back and say you're a doctor, and you're a doctor. So, uh, he came back in to America in 1863 to serve in the Civil War... Wait, wait! What side
1: did he fight
0: on? He was born in Baltimore, so I have to assume the North. But all right, I'd like to point out. I just want to pause here. He looks like a southerner. to give the listeners a quick little description of what Milty looks like because it's giving Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's a fair question to ask which side he fought for because that mustache
1: says. The South will rise again. That mustache does say that. Am I wrong? No, you're right. That's why I okay. asked. I'm like this man. He looks
0: like the type of guy came
1: back. Yeah, go. He probably came <laughs> back and was like, "I know I'm in the North, but
0: that mustache is a southern mustache." So it is. Get grab mm-hmm. a uniform, buddy. Yeah, that's what he probably did. I don't know. Let's slander him. Why not? Yeah, slander him. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, he he has cold, dead eyes.
1: And Colonel Sanders' face. Yeah, that's all you need to know. It, that's exactly what he looks like. That's yeah.
0: exactly how I would describe it, yeah. Uh, if you're, you can Google it, but you know everything you need to know. So, fights in the Civil War, he marries wife-slash-victim number one, Miss Fanny Hammett. And I just want to say, thank God no one is named Fanny Yeah. anymore. it's not a good name. It's not a good, Mm-mm. no, it's an old-school name that I'm, like, happy to see die. They lived in Chicago until 1873, when the first Mrs. Bowers dies under what some people called at the time, mysterious circumstances.
1: Let's just agree with some people.
0: (laughs) I agree with them. But no one investigated shit back then, and you could die basically anything, like, no joke. I literally looked it up, and the average life expectancy was... About 43. Right. So, like, people were dropping left and right. Yeah, like flies. So his wife dies. He leaves to go to Brooklyn where he almost immediately like I couldn't find this time gap, but people said there was a high likelihood that there was overlap between his wife being alive and him already hooking up with this chick mm-hmm. based on how quickly it happened. Uh so he marries wife slash victim number two, Miss Teresa Shirk people described the second Mrs. Bowers as, quote, a remarkably clever and beautiful actress who had also been his patient in Chicago. So the timing here, super interesting. Definitely knew her when he was still married to his first wife. Okay. This couple, he and the second one, make their way out to the West Coast because Milty wants to be a doctor in San Fran, and they arrive by steamer, side note, is a steamer a boat or a train? It's a boat, I believe. so they went around the bottom, I believe so. okay, okay. In my head, I was like, trains ran on steam, right? could be a train, I... but I think it's a steam like a steam I think boat. a steamer is a boat, yeah, okay, so they're on a boat just so you can get an image in your mind's eye of where they're what their what their life is like. so they get to the west coast in eighteen seventy four and they live in relative obscurity until eighteen eighty one. He's practicing medicine. Their life is chill. And then suddenly, on January 29th, 1881, the second Mrs. Bowers dies mysteriously while they are taking up residence at the Palace Hotel in San Francisco. According to one source, quote, there were many circumstances in connection with her death which were never satisfactorily explained.
1: Which is his whole biography. That's death number two that is uh, mysterious. Right. At best. At this point... Milty is a practicing physician and a well-respected man in the community, um, who people described as having no known, no known, as kind of hard it is. To say tongue together. twister, no known vices. Yeah, aka he knew how to keep his shit on the DL. Right. No one saw him being a freak in public. Yeah, you kept your shit behind closed doors, and people liked him. He was a tall mm-hmm. white guy and a doctor. Correct. Same song, different day. Stop trusting men who look like this. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Let's take a quick trip and go back to 1885. So now we're present day again. We gave you his backstory. Here, Here's where he's at. Uh-huh. The coroner's jury has just adjourned, and they all agree that Cecilia has died of phosphorus poisoning, case closed, <laughs> in a turn of events that at this point should shock Literally, no one. Mm-hmm. Milty was taken into custody by Detective Robert Hogan and immediately charged with the murder of his wife because he murdered her. Correct. And that's what happens. Milty's trial started on March 8, eighth, eighteen eighty six, and would last for six weeks—the longest in San Francisco history at this point because um, it's the eighteen hundreds and people don't have a lot of evidence. <laughs> there's not a lot of things to do. Right? Not even a lot of laws. Really. It's like he did
0: it or he didn't. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So the trials overseen by Judge Murphy. And prosecuted by a man named Eugene Dupree, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, who claimed that Milty was basically intentionally poisoning his wife/slash wives, and that he had a long history of killing off his off his brides, which he has done a really poor job of covering because they're all dead and everybody knows it's about the it. It's a trail behind you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also indicated that Milty already had another lady on the hook from San Jose, California, and that he had started dating Cecilia before. The second wife had died under mysterious circumstances, which seems to be his calling card. Mm-hmm. So imagine hearing that picture being painted. Like, it's not a good vibe.
0: No, it's, it's starting to seem like a pattern of dating women while you're married and then killing off Murdering the first wife, wife mm-hmm. to to marry the second person. Yep. Okay. According to one Bay Area newspaper, Milty's primary defense was that as a doctor, considering his vast medical knowledge, he would never use phosphorus as a murder weapon because it would be super obvious. Please note the deaths of his first two wives as proof that he
1: could get away with murder if he wanted to. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know if that's the case you want to make here, bud. It's not, it doesn't sound great, but is it a good defense? Maybe. Maybe.
0: I don't know. So he said, why do you suppose that if I had any desire to kill my wife, I would use phosphorus, a poison so easy to detect? I, as a physician, would have more sense than to use such a poison. So he's like, basically, he's using the O.J. Simpson defense where he's like, if I did it, then the glove would fit and it doesn't. So it can't be me.
1: Mm-hmm. He O.J. before O.J. He was.
0: Yeah. O.G. O.J. OK. O.G. O.J. Did you like that? <laughs> Thank you. He also said his medical practice is doing very well. He's like, financially, I'm fine. I don't need the money, so I have no motive to kill my wife. Which, like, okay. I think he just like to murder. I, I think he likes it. Mm-hmm. And he also doesn't want to go through the difficulty of divorcing people, maybe? I don't know. At this point, Milty's past is catching up to him. Police are aware that Cecilia was the third in a string of mysteriously dead wives. Additionally, the prosecutor found several witnesses who were willing to testify that he beat and harassed his wife regularly. They also said that he bragged to his wife about his extramarital hookups, which, if you're bragging to someone, why would you brag to your wife? Because she knows she won't
1: leave him. She can't.
0: Yeah. And she threatened to leave him. He said, quote, no one will ever divorce me. Oh. And... People overheard him saying that, as a doctor, he would find another way to get rid of her if she wanted to leave him. She was going out in a box, right? He did. And so that's, like, pretty convincing testimony, I would say. And the prosecutor also said that Milty's second wife died right around the time that he met and started courting Cecilia. So the prosecutor's like, we have a pattern here, people. This is the third in a string of wives he's murdered.
1: I love a pattern. (sighs)
0: Same. So... The jury goes out. They deliberate for a total of 35 minutes before returning a guilty verdict. They convict Milty of killing Cecilia, first-degree
1: murder. And we've said it before, but 35 minutes of deliberation is like, fuck you, Short. Especially if you include possibility of a bathroom break and a snack break. For (laughs) sure. And you should. That is quick. Yeah. Yeah, They basically just like looked around the room and nodded at each other like, we're good, right? Yeah. Everybody go get a Twinkie, and then we'll go back into the room. Yeah. This is number three. We're sold. Yeah. yeah. I think we're, we're on the same page. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. So everyone thought at this point that Milty's murder spree had come to an end because he's going to jail to await execution. Mm-hmm. And then he figured out a way to do something that no one expected. And he murdered someone else. Mm -hmm. So, Cecilia's 27-year-old brother, Henry, was found in a boarding house at 22 Geary in room 21, deceased, laying on top of the Mm bedsheets. They also found three suicide notes, which were copies. of; They're the same. Yeah. Which were to be given to the coroner, the press, and Milty. To which I say, yeah, the fuck right. Who was writing Mm -hmm. three identical suicide notes? Immediately Mm -hmm. Immediately... Suspicious, right? And yes,
0: and who is writing one of them to the coroner?
1: Right. Don't mind me, coroner. This dead body here. I definitely did this to myself. Mm-hmm. No, no. Like he tucked the note in his pocket, and he's like, "When you do the autopsy, just pull this out and don't, auto- and don't and do an an autopsy. Don't make a note that it's it's all cool. Don't do anything with right. me. I I didn't. I don't look at me. Basically, oh, stupid. I, I, well, I would be like, what? the... <laughs> I don't care. I would be. I think the police at I actually think the police did a pretty good job. Yeah. At this time. And they're probably like, yeah, no. No. <laughs> like, we don't no, agree with that. That's, that is weird. Right. They also found a cyanide bottle and an empty whiskey bottle. Mm-hmm. In the note, it said, so crazy. I was going to kill Milty, but my sister found out, and she threatened to tell people. So then I decided to kill her. hmm Yeah, no. That makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense, first of all, because he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Right, when she started getting sick. But Milty was. Second of all, her family really liked her. Yeah, and Milty yeah, was there her, the whole fucking her time. Her family, like her
0: brother was trying to stick up for her. Save her, yeah. And save her for Milty. So it doesn't make
1: sense that he would be like, anyway, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah, you would just kill Miltie. She, He should have. Honestly. So the letter goes on to say that milty's innocent of any wrongdoing. Again, okay. This dumb asshole. <laughs> Not so surprisingly, there was some other bullshit involved. The bottle mm-hmm. was corked crazy intense tight mm-hmm. so that it was very strange that they were like, well, he probably didn't kill himself, like, overdose with cyanide. Mm-hmm. And then severely Squeeze closed the- this. <laughs> yeah, They right. were like, what? Okay. And then friends looked at the notes and they were like, yeah, that's not his handwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, And Henry's friends also said he's, like, cheerful and cool and, like, not suicidal. So... This didn't seem like the way he would go. Right. All of his friends are like, this is not correct. So then, what do you know? Something else suspicious comes out about the room rental. A few days before, a guy named Thomas Dimmig yeah. had paid for the room for Henry. Right. The police tracked him down. Again, good job, police officers, at this time. Solid work. And said, hey, what is going on? <laughs> Why was there a dead guy in the room that you were renting? you rented, yeah. Yeah. They found out that Thomas was married to a woman named Teresa Varel. And she was a housemaid for Milty at the time. Mm-hmm. She was a stunning woman and Milty had taken her as a lover. Right. So she's his lover and his housemaid. Mm-hmm. She ended up taking the stand in the trial to defend him and said that she was in the house all the time and never saw evidence of poisoning. Bitch, did you not see her face? Correct. Cecilia's face the was, convulsions? you're a liar. <laughs> um, so she was like really into Milty being innocent and everyone was like, "Okay, I'm starting to piece together that this bitch is involved. Is
0: involved somehow, mm-hmm. and she's hooking up with Milty." Yeah. So smartly, the police are like, "This woman is not trustworthy." Mm-hmm. They soon unraveled the plot and realized that she had convinced her husband and brother to work together to murder Henry. They arrested Thomas, and he went on trial in 1887. The guy was tried and retried for almost a year as each jury continued to come back deadlocked. The evidence seems pretty overwhelming to me. Yeah. But eventually the judge is tired of all this BS and he's like, you have to decide. Like, pick <laughs> one way or another, stay locked in that room. Is he guilty or not? Yes or no. Just, just make a decision. They came back and said not guilty, which I find super interesting because there was so much evidence to suggest that Thomas killed Henry. He had recently purchased cyanide. The flask of whiskey that was found by his body was known to be his. He rented the room where the dead body was found. Like, there's a lot. Yeah. I don't know what the argument in the opposite direction was, but I can tell you there's a strong amount of evidence that suggests he did it. He did it. He did it. Right.
1: Yeah. He did it. Okay. And if I could have ever been of service on a jury, it's this jury. But I wasn't allowed. (laughs) You love it. You want to be on a jury so bad. I want to be on a jury so bad. I feel like the fact that you want it means that it'll never happen. It's true. My coworker has been called for jury duty like three times. So have I. I keep. Well, but Can you like
0: recommend me? Can I defer and? <laughs> pick an alternate juror. (laughs) Me!
1: I want to be a jury. Jess will do it. I'll do it.
0: So the not guilty verdict leads the district attorney in August of 1889 to dismiss the murder charges against Milty Bowers because Thomas wasn't convicted. So then they had to take the letter into
1: consideration, right?
0: Exactly. So now the case has become muddied. It's not super clear. They think after this hits the news, they're not going to be able to get a clean conviction on Milty. Which I don't really know that I agree with, but
1: whatever. But I think it's because they, if they're saying Thomas didn't kill him, then then he killed himself, and then they have to take that letter saying that he killed his sister. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so because of all of this new evidence coming out, Melty was set free four years after entering prison when the state Supreme Court granted him a new trial— Thomas being acquitted led the district attorney to drop all charges against Milty, basically saying he thought it would be impossible to get a conviction for the reasons we just talked about. So he was in jail for four years. And if you're thinking, okay, well, maybe they retried him for something else. Nope. He just completely walks free. That's it. He goes back to practicing medicine in Oakland. And then he eventually moves to San Jose, where he presumably married the lady that he was hooking up with while cecilia was being murdered and they lived there together for uh, a few more years the lady he married was named mary bird maybe she lived under a rock Uh, maybe she never read the paper maybe he cast some kind of charming colonel sanders-esque spell on her
1: maybe yeah
0: but she was like yeah i don't care that he murdered his three other wives i'm the one that can change him (laughs) (laughs) and apparently maybe she was because uh they lived together for 19 years when he died in 1904 a detective who worked the case was quoted as saying let the dead past bury its dead i'm living in the present now but all the same dr bowers should have broken his neck from a trapdoor instead of dying peaceably And I will say, you will still read articles about this case where people say that the case of Dr. Bowers and his phosphorescent bride, Cecilia, will never be solved, but we're solving it. Hello. Case closed. Yeah. He did it. Case closed. And that's what we know about
1: that. If you have a recommendation for us to cover a topic, send it to our email, malpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram, malpractice Podcast.
0: And if you get an opportunity to leave us a review, we'd really like to hear your feedback. We hope you like this episode and you learned something interesting about uh, this Melty. creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And don't forget, malpractice, malpractice makes perfect. perfect. Bye. Bye-bye.